Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Endgame Heroes podcast. My name is Kyle, and as always, I am joined by my fellow co-host, Jack. Hello. How are you? I am good. How are you? Uh, I was, I'm recovering from sickness. I got sick uh, last Friday night, about halfway through Ant-Man. Not like a nausea sickness, but like I just, I started feeling bad. And then like by the time I woke up Saturday morning, just full blown like fever, aches, pains, everything hurt, everything was congested and I am still recovering from it. So Yes, for for the listeners at home, I, I talked to Jack on Tuesday, not knowing he was this sick, and I, I talked to him, and then the difference between Tuesday and today is, is is stark for sure. It's you sound much better. Thank you. Yeah, but um, uh, hopefully our listeners will keep that in mind. If I'm not as um, energetic or vocal today, I'm still recovering. I'm I'm still on the mend, but. We we do still have some stuff to talk about, so I definitely wanted to make sure that we were here for it. Um, and we've got uh, some pretty interesting topics that we'll get into. So I'm glad that I could uh, medicate myself up enough to be here. Absolutely. So this week on the podcast, we'll be talking about the latest entertainment news, like the fact that Steven Yoon has now been cast in the MCU, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, Details from this week's PlayStation State of Play and our thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania now that we have both seen the movie. So, but before we get into all of that, I know you mentioned you were sick, but where did you take the time to watch any shows, any movies besides Ant-Man? Um, Ant-Man and The Last of Us would be the biggest things. Um, aside from that, like I did a little bit of GM farming in Destiny. Still haven't gotten my God rule, so I'll probably go back to that mm. at some point. But other than that, yeah, just like I was, I was really looking forward to like Octopath, but then I saw that it releases at the time of recording today, and then we've got the new expansion on Tuesday, so it's like I'll probably wait because yeah. I don't want to like put it down after yeah. just barely picking it up. Um, so yeah, right now we're just kind of in that like late stage preparation mode. Yeah. That's kind of how my week went to, you know, last of us was the only really big thing of note that I watched, uh, episode six. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, it continues to be very well done. The, it was a very emotional episode. I really enjoyed it. The, uh, the shot for shot comparisons to the game that I see every week were insane. The specific scene, I won't mention it because if viewers haven't seen it, but the scene with uh, with Joel and Ellie in the bedroom was like spot on to the game, and that was awesome to see on the on the actual, not big screen, but on the on the screen with actors playing it. Yeah, they didn't have to change anything. Like the the dialogue was the same. Like the pacing was almost exactly the same. It just it hits, you know. Yeah. Like they they told it perfectly with the game, and like to be able to see it enacted live action in the tv show with like these amazing actors and for it to still hit just as hard if not harder uh is really a testament to everyone's work involved in that show just oh yeah what a what a what performance is all around oh for sure and they're so like they're so similar but so different like bella ramsey's ellie is not ashley johnson's ellie but they're both so good in their own ways and the different energies they bring to it and Pedro Pascal just killed it this week as Joel. Um, I remember I popped off pretty big when I saw Ellie with the uh, with the hoodie, the the white and pinkish hoodie. I was like, "That's the hoodie from the games." 
<laughs> yeah, it's it. Yeah, they, they could cast Pedro Pascal in just anything, and I will watch it. Like even oh, if yeah. it's something that I wouldn't have had an interest in otherwise. Um, yeah, they're both just absolutely fantastic actors, and uh, it's been really entertaining watching the story of The Last of Us unfold in a television setting rather than the game setting and just seeing you know those similarities but also like some of the differences and tweaks in mm -hmm. like their performances and then also like some of the more not drastic but like or, or i wouldn't even say major but just some of those bigger changes that they've kind of like either flushed out more from the game or like kind of skipped over and things like that just to make for a better tv going experience and mm -hmm. it's been really enjoyable and it's i i mean you see every like every Monday or Tuesday, we get a headline like, oh, The Last of Us has now gotten more views than like all of House of the Dragon. And like all of the, they just keep somehow breaking records in like viewership, which is really just a testament to the word of mouth mm -hmm. that this show has had. And it's, yeah, it's just uh, everyone should go watch that show if they haven't already. And you are okay with like, tv 14 r-rated levels of violence and suspense yeah and really you know going into the show i was a little nervous it would focus a lot more on the zombies because that's kind of like you're you're not clickbait for the the show but like the walking dead was so big so sure. i thought they might lean more into the clickers and the infected but they really haven't shown that much and my wife before the show even asked like is it going to be scary i said well not really but i mean it's definitely a tense game so I, I think that will transfer out the show. And they've done a really good job at like telling the difference between the games because there's not the shootout sections in the show, obviously, as much as there will be in the games. And those lull moments that they skip over the boring stuff and they just the emotional action is more important in the show than the actual physical action. It's great. Yeah, definitely. So what have we got to talk about? Where do we want to uh, where do we want to start? Well, let's start with the movie stuff because there's only a couple things for this week. Um, the big one that actually dropped yesterday, uh, I believe it was Deadline, dropped an article saying Stephen Yoon had now been cast for the upcoming Thunderbolts movie, which is the last Phase 5 movie for the Marvel stuff where Ant-Man this past week kicked off Phase 5. So next year's Thunderbolts ends that uh, phase before Phase 6. And they didn't say who he's playing. They did say it is a major role. Um, one can assume it's like a villain or maybe it's a different hero that is not going to be focused in this movie and maybe save it for something else. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, so um, I'm definitely happy to see that he's been cast in Marvel in what appears to be like a significant role. He's a really good actor, Yeah. Um, both on screen and just behind the mic. He also voices um, Mark and Invincible. So good. Um, yeah, he, you know, obviously... I think his most well-known thing would be uh, The Walking Dead as Glenn. Um, and then also, most recently, he had uh, a really short but sweet performance in um, the movie Nope. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I've seen a little bit of speculation about this. There's a couple of, of um, characters that I've seen floated around. One of the bigger ones is Sentry in okay. uh marvel so he's uh and you know obviously you know they're marvel the mcu has done a really good job of like tweaking and editing and changing characters from the source material to fit like more so the power scaling that we've got in 
the the movies you know in the comics he's he's similar to to superman in terms of power set mm-hmm. like he's basically invincible flight super speed super enhanced senses strength all of that but then he's also got kind of like not a, a dr jekyll mr hyde but like a separate form called the void that is basically like every time sentry does something good to like protect or help uh the void will appear to do something bad or malevolent That's to balance it out yeah so it's a very it's a very weird complex character you know so if that's the that's the, like the front runner that i've seen so far again one day into the news dropping yeah um so that would be a very interesting one um but yeah just seeing that it's apparently going to be a relatively major character that will last for a while um honestly the biggest thing that i got from this was that phase five is ending next year so yeah this is this is an incredibly short phase it is but i mean i think it's going to be i think phase five is just a setup for phase six where phase four was kind of a reset point post end game you know and they were building some more side characters up and now that these characters have been established we're now in this multiverse saga so really kicking off with ant-man and then ending right before the first Avengers movie with Kang in it as the villain. It's it's interesting. It's short. Um, I hope we have some good stuff for the next year to fill that space. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I feel like Phase Four was the uh, the phase of Disney Plus TV shows, and yeah. then now we've got Phase Five, which is looking to be yeah, just like incredibly short. But hopefully, it's short and sweet. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm excited for what we have to come, you know, up next is guardians three, mm-hmm. and then we've got the, the marbles. What's, what's after that? Is it, does it go straight into the thunderbolts or is there an, I, yeah, I think thunderbolts for sure. I think fantastic four is the start of phase six. I don't think that one makes it. Um, I know we have Loki and secret invasion while we'll daredevil, um, we'll have, uh, ideally, you know, Echo, Armor Wars, uh, the Agatha Harkness show. There's going to be a lot of Disney Plus still, but we do have a couple big tentpole movies. I think yeah. the movies will slow down. We talked a little bit last week about Bob Iger and, like, keeping things a bit more contained and not mm-hmm. too oversaturated. So we'll see what happens. Um, I did see on Twitter yesterday Eric Voss from New Rockstars. I'm not sure if you're familiar with their channel. Um, he's like, cast Steven Yoon as Wolverine, you cowards. I dare you. You know, Interesting. I, you know, and so I was thinking about that. Well, I don't think he's the perfect casting choice for Wolverine. I wouldn't be mad about it. And mm-hmm. I could see them, you know, him playing a character in this movie as a cameo and then playing a bigger role later. So imagine, um, what was it? Uh, X-Men, is it first class or days of future past? I think it was first class when first uh, class. I know which yeah, yeah, Xavier and Magneto go around and they try and get Wolverine. He's like, nah, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. So, well, maybe it's something like that where they try and recruit for the, for the Thunderbolts, and he just says straight up no, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Who we'll see, but he, yeah, like you said, he's a great actor. You know, Glenn from Walking Dead was one of the fan favorites, and I love Invincible to death. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the best shows in recent years. I'm very excited for Stephen Yoon to be in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. As long as he's, you know, like a cool character, he's not just like some throwaway or like, obviously, you know, like every character matters, like they're written for a reason. But yeah. like, you, 
you want to see like some of these names. You don't want them to be like quote unquote like like kind of like wasted on yeah. like a smaller side or ancillary role. You know, you you want to you want to see him like I f- I feel like even though it's been a while since he's really been in like the limelight limelight like with The Walking Dead, um, you know he he performs so well in everything that he is in that he should not be like relegated to um you know a much smaller role you know he he should be a front man or you know among the front men if yep. it's like an ensemble so we'll see yeah what happens. i know like, we have to what, wait a year yeah it's not too long and i assume we'll get you know some confirmation before the movie you know who he's playing a little bit hopefully but uh it, it reminds me a little bit and i hope it doesn't go this way but for kit harrington when he was cast for the eternals and he's the black knight I, I think Kit Harrington would have made a great Wolverine. Someone like him, you know, like I feel like there was a bigger role for Kit Harrington to have, you know, besides the Black Knight. But, you know, we'll see what happens with him. We'll probably see him in the Blade movie. But um, the other big piece of movie uh, news we got this week was uh, the Embracer Group, which is a video game, you know, publishing company who's been buying up all these studios over the last five, 10 years. Um, they bought the Lord of the Rings movie rights a couple of years ago, and now they've come to strike a deal, you know, to make more movies. Uh, and a new set of movies will be coming out uh, in the coming years. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually a little bit mixed on this, um, personally. Um, my So, like, my background, I love, um, like, fantasy and high fantasy. So, like, Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, Lord of the Rings, I love that type of stuff i love the cell swords and dragons and magic and all of that good stuff that's that's like my sort of like my like safe space or like my home for it like what i i can always count on for entertainment um i know that you're more so on like the sci-fi sort of side of the scale Um, yeah so we're we're kind of like on opposing ends just like in general blanket terms um but but for me, this news, yeah, it's it's a little bittersweet because not bittersweet, but it's it's I'm a little worried because the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy is fantastic and it's yeah. timeless. It is mm-hmm. one of the best cinematic things that we've ever been gifted. And the Hobbit trilogy was it was good, but it wasn't as good, right? Like it mm-hmm. wasn't at, it didn't stand. It didn't like quite meet like our our expectations or maybe even like our standards that we have because we had the original trilogy. And then most recently on Amazon, we've got the Rings of Power, which is like loosely based off of the Silmarillion. Um, And that one, like, again, it was fine. It wasn't bad, but it definitely like it definitely had some issues. And I think a lot of those issues um, are actually issues that we can talk about with like things like the MCU and DC and all of these other things in that we've seen a trend lately and especially with like some of this our fantasy things too that they are now relying on um, CGI yeah more than they are on practical effects and you know obviously you know you can't shoot Star Wars or something to that extent without CGI. It's it's going to be, you know, like just because it is like this grandiose space operatic thing, you know, it it requires 
Like, we can't just shoot our actors into space and film a movie. So, obviously, we're going to have to have some special effects. But for something like fantasy that is, you know, it can take place anywhere between, you know, 1100 AD and 1500 AD, you know, it in general timepiece-wise, you want to use, in my opinion, as much practical effects and, like, you know, prosthetics and mm -hmm. makeup and, and, you know, like going to a location that is similar and shooting and, and doing all of these things as you can because it withstands the test of time much better. You know, like the CG will always improve. Yeah. Something that we thought was super realistic 20 years ago will look trash, you know, by modern day comparisons. Yeah. And that's that's one of the the downsides. And that's really one of the things that I think held the hobbit trilogy from like really being like fantastic mm -hmm. to just being like good to you know like pretty good they were still enjoyable um aside from the pacing issues it shouldn't have been a trilogy but that's a different discussion yeah um it's whereas the original lord of the rings trilogy like the cg is there every now and again but for the most part like it's practical they filmed those things just back to back they had you know all of the armor and everything was like made. They had all of the makeup and the prosthetics. So the orcs, you know, man, the orcs look yeah, so dude. good still. I recently rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy with my wife, and like those movies were filmed in 1998 and 1999, mm -hmm. and because they were filmed back to back, and they look so good. Like they were years ahead of things because they use CG sparsely. And they use all the practical effects. So like like you said, not everything can be Star Wars and, and green screened in. And I think when you do have those things, you lose you you lose a lot. Like look at the prequel trilogy for Star Wars versus the original trilogy. Those were shot entirely on green screen sets. There was no real anything. And it gave the actors nothing to work with. So I feel like the Hobbit, like you said, that was one of their biggest faults basically there was too much cg the orcs were completely you know cg created whereas in the original trilogy they weren't there were real people in suits and prosthetics and makeup and it looked great they were way scarier in those yeah that's that is a hundred percent like my biggest like gripe or complaint with with these types of movies obviously you know it's 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 almost like movies themselves have now started to get power crept in that like it you can never go smaller you have to be bigger than the last thing but like yeah. and, and and i totally get that feeling that you always want like you always have to up the stakes you have to up the odds you have to be bigger and better and blah 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 but like you have to you cannot let that come at the expense of it like of cutting corners with the visual effects you know mm -hmm. lord of the rings the original trilogy is evergreen it will always look fantastic no matter when you watch it because it was it was real it was you know live it was mm -hmm. people and you know eventually those hobbit movies like even now i think like some of the special effects in like the hobbit movies you know they are pretty obvious and like most recently with the rings of power there were a lot of instances throughout that show and i get it you know it was a tv show versus a movie but there's still a lot of money that got dumped into that oh, it's a very high budget show it's one of the highest extremely. budget shows ever made extremely and it's like the 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 difference between you know seeing something that is practical and then seeing something that is like injected into it that is a special effect or vice versa where you have like a lot of special effects in the background and then you have something practical 
it can sometimes be a bit jarring and just completely remove me from the experience. You know, I'm, I'm no longer watching this epic, cool story unfold. I'm seeing like the lines essentially of like, oh, he's just in front of a green screen or, oh, th that person didn't do that stunt. They didn't have a stunt person do this fight. This is a CG rendering because that's not how bodies move. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be curious here in a little bit when we talk Ant-Man spoilers. I'll be oh, yeah. curious to hear your thoughts on that side of things, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, buckle up for that. Yeah, any other uh, thoughts on the Lord of the Rings stuff before we close out the, the the entertainment section of the week? Yeah, I think, yeah, just the biggest thing, it's like, it's, okay, obviously we're going to get more Lord of the Rings movies, so just please, please listen to some of the criticism that, you know, kind of echoes what we've talked about, uh, and like, please go back to utilizing practical effects. I realize that it can be very expensive and time-consuming. You have to have, like, very talented individuals like working on it but it, it it shows and it pays off and if you're gonna do these beloved franchises justice you have to put in like that effort in order to essentially like garner the goodwill and keep it in order to keep going and doing yeah. what you're wanting to so last question for you on the topic quick answer don't even think about it too much who would you want to direct peter jackson really okay even, yeah. even after The Hobbit and all the CG there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would still, I, I can't think of anyone else that I would want to see handle a properly like that because I, I still think that, you know, his work on The Lord of the Rings shows that he still has the vision for it. And, you know, I would look at The Hobbit as more of like, a, it's like, oh, you know, he maybe was like getting a little bit too loosey-goosey with like some of the the cgi effects and everything like that but like he still knows what he's doing in middle earth yeah um, so i i would i would like to see him take the reins again um and maybe not even for a trilogy maybe just for like a movie or or like a couple of movies um but just like really just go back to basics it's like practical effects let's take everyone to new zealand and let's make some movies yeah, I'll be curious to see the route they go down, whether if it's, you know, remaking past projects, if it's a new, completely new story. I'll be curious to see what they do and who leads the charge on that. Um, so moving on to video game news for the week, uh, we did get our official Pokemon Day announcement. Uh, it is March 27th, which is pretty much right when you said it was going to be. It's almost Wait. like there's a pattern. March? Oh, I'm sorry. Fe fe February 27th. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, like, a few days from now. End of yes. The yes. Sorry. Next week. Um, <laughs> I wrote down March for whatever reason. Sorry about that. Um, but they didn't release any other information. You know, um, I think just yesterday they released, maybe it was even today, um, a little bit of information about the new anime and the uh, the new Captain Pikachu as the like the mm -hmm. main character's partner Pokemon, not the same Pikachu that we had with Ash for twenty five years. So they are continuing that, but really no official announcement uh, details were given besides that. Uh, we talked a little bit about last week, about what we thought. Did you have any other predictions or thoughts before next week's uh, announcement? I don't think so. Um, obviously, you know, like introducing a new character and his partner Pokemon is also Pikachu. 
I mean, obviously, you know, Pikachu is still very much the mascot yeah. of Pokemon. You do, you don't just get, you don't kill your mascot. No, you don't. Uh, so people that were hoping for something else, I feel like they were on just like a little bit of copium because like <laughs> there's just no shot that there's ever going to be like a, a truly like a different mascot to the franchise. But like, yeah, this is, this is cool. I, I'm glad that we're getting at least some sort of evolution to the anime you know with having a, a new main character not just ash um you know hopefully we can we can see more i think that opens the door to some more storytelling possibilities yeah the uh, character the, from the illustration they showed of the new main character he looks very different than ash he looks very confident oh, yeah. he doesn't look like a child so it's definitely going to be a different tone for the show yeah. moving forward and i wonder too with the anime resetting, what do we see that reflect with the games? Do we see maybe the next set of remake games is a different main character as opposed to like a red, if they ever do like a Gen 1 remake again, to kind of spin on things. That way it's in the new face of this new generation. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what they do with that. But I've seen a little bit of like rumor and speculation since we talked last about Pokemon. Um, I still think it's just going to be some DLC for Scarlet and Violet. Sorry, the sickness sometimes oh, it's okay. rattles my brain. Um, I think we'll see like a slow rollout announcement for the original like first few games coming out to Nintendo Switch Online. So your red, your blue, the gold, silver, crystal, like the ones that you just like are are very difficult to find and yeah. play in real life at this point. And yeah. then um, one thing that I actually did see, um, it was just like a little snippet or a tidbit, but I think we may, like, uh, whenever I read it, it made sense. I think we might see a new Mystery Dungeon game get yeah. announced. Not yeah, a, like, a remake like we what we just had on the Switch, but like a new one I feel like we could see announced. Apparently there was a data mine for the Pokemon like announcement website for Pokemon Day and the studio that is typically behind a mystery dungeon were listed on there in the back end. So I think that's where that rumor is coming from. It makes Probably. sense. There's a, there's always yeah. Pokemon spinoffs to fill the gaps. Um, I did see, and I don't know if you saw this week, so with the Nintendo Switch Online Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games being out now, um, there are emulators for those on PC and uh, on modded Switches. And people have been able to swap the ROMs of Game Boy games to have Pokemon fully running on them already. They run flawlessly. Yeah. You can trade. You can do everything. So I think the service is already set up for it, which is even more credence to the fact that we're probably going to be getting that sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, th yeah that just gives more weight to that theory for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, well, I'll be interested to see. Obviously, you know, we're very lucky. We've only got a couple of sleeps away before we see what is going to be there. Maybe we'll get an update on Pokemon Sleep, but <laughs> it's been a while, so I'm not holding my breath. Hey, you know, if it, if it's a game based off of when you're sleeping, how are they ever going to finish it, you know? Because they're always sleeping. I think it's I think it's more of like a sleep tracking type yeah. tool, but I don't know. Did they... Did they give us any sort of idea of how long the presentation is going to be um they did uh, there were two different times uh, i believe the u.s said 20 minutes and japan said 25 okay which is about about normal anyway so i'm not sure yeah. 
20 to 25 minutes sounds right for these few things. We're going to get updates in all those mobile games that we get every year. We're going to oh, get definitely. DLC, yeah. you know. I don't yeah. see EX Masters, Unite, yeah. and then Cafe. Yeah, so the, yeah, so yeah, Cafe, EX Masters, Unite, an update for DLC, rollout for Nintendo Switch Online, yeah. and then maybe an announcement for Mystery Dungeon. That that yep. That is that's twenty minutes right there. Yeah, and then we have Pokemon Go also, which I'm sure they'll talk about as always. And Go, yep, yep. Yeah. So there's a lot to talk about for Pokemon every year. There's it's a huge moving ship. I think we pretty much know what to expect, and that's fine at this point. I don't expect any bombshells. I'll, I'll be interested to see the DLC for Scarlet and Violet. That, yeah. that'll be like probably the big thing. I enjoy the Mystery Dungeon games. I think they're fun. Yeah, you know, I you. enjoyed. Uh, Blue Rescue Team, whenever it came out way back on like the original DS and hmm. Explorers of Sky, like I, I enjoy playing them. So like if they if we get a new one, cool. If we get like Explorers of Time or Darkness or whatever, like remade in the same vein that we just got with um, what do they call it, Super Mystery Dungeon? That's fine too. Like I enjoy those games, so I'd, yeah, I'd be fine with that too. So uh, fun fact for the listeners here, and I don't even know if you remember this fully, Jack, but our very first conversation that we ever had. Back at Best Buy a long time ago was about Pokemon. It was with when Pokemon X and Y were coming out and you because I, I worked in the the game area, which you were what home theater, I want to say. Yeah. Home yeah, theater. So, yeah. So you came over and that we had an end cap with like X and Y or maybe it was coming out. I don't remember exactly. But you started talking to me about Pokemon, you know, and we, we obviously had a lot in common with that. And then we went probably another year or so without talking and me and probably. you because uh we, we were just casual work buddies you know we didn't hang out or yeah. anything but we were playing destiny together not realizing that we knew each other we were playing with yeah. a mutual friend and as at one point we were talking and we're like wait a minute you worked at best buy <laughs> and it was like a clicking moment and ever since then you know i feel like the longest we've gone without talking is like a week yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy too because like for me it wasn't even a mutual friend; it was the mutual friend of a mutual yep. friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which exactly. is just wild. Like I just assumed that you know at the time you were just you know a random internet friend that this person that I kind of tangentially knew played video games with every now and again. But no, it turns out I, I knew you in real life too. We worked together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Wow. It, it's it's the <laughs> the majority of our friendship has been away from each other because you moved you moved to utah shortly after we became friends like at with destiny i think we grabbed lunch one time together and i i i, I don't i don't think yeah that place is gone now by the way i'm not sure if you knew that. i know it, it yeah. hurts my soul <laughs> didn't didn't his son open up like a a spiritual success yes yeah like okay. big bang That's... or something like that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right by my old house um but yeah i mean i i haven't seen you in person i think in like eight or nine years which is crazy it's been a while yeah it's so yeah it's, it's just hard to, to travel you know covid made it even harder and like you know no shade to anyone that lives in indiana but like i don't want to go to indiana <laughs> right that's why i left obviously yeah you left too now so it's like whenever i did go back a couple of years ago to visit um family and some friends you weren't there anymore so it's just like man we just missed it and then you came out. Uh, I weren't you um, going out to Utah for a vacation recently? We, uh, we, we did Denver, Colorado. You did Colorado instead, yeah, because I was no longer in Utah at yep. that point. So it's we just like a bunch of missed connections as yep. as it 
plays out. But like, here we are. Look at us. Yeah, we're doing stuff. Yeah, the internet. Now, I will say a little more context for our listeners here. Me and you are both fans of Kind of Funny. Um, yeah. So whenever they have their next Kind of Funny live or whatever event, you best know I'm I'm flying out to San Francisco and we're going. Oh, sick. Yeah, because for me, it's local now. So yeah, like, exactly. For me, I can literally just get on the train for 40 minutes and like get there. So like you're the one that has to like do the traveling. But like while you're here, we're going to eat good and we're going to get catch up and have some fun. And I'm, yeah. It's super dope. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, so moving on with the last bit of news, we got two more topics to hit. Uh, first off, the state of play that happened, was it yesterday? Or, yeah, yesterday. Two days ago. Okay. No, it was yesterday. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, not too much announcement-wise. They announced early in the week that they were mainly going to be diving into Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, which they had about a 15-minute demo on. Um, they announced a couple other small things and VR titles. Uh, an extended Resident Evil 4 remake trailer, which that game looks insane. I can't wait to play that. I've never played Resident Evil 4 before, so it's going to be my first time playing it. Can't wait. Probably the most beloved Resident Evil game in the franchise. So buckle up. I I, I have memories of playing this like at my friend's house, like in high school. I it's a good time. I've dabbled with Resident Evil over the years. Uh, my dad at his house and I was growing up, had a PlayStation. I watched him play the first Resident Evil. Um, mm. I was a young kid who was afraid of it, so I walked out of the room a lot. Uh, sure. I've, I've picked up a couple here and there. Like I tried five, I tried seven, I tried the demo for eight. They've never really vibed with me, but Resident Evil 4 is regarded as one of the, one of the greatest games of all time, so I, I definitely want to give it a shot to try it out. Um, the Street Fighter Six showed the last three characters of their main roster, um, yeah. I, I I like fighting games a lot. I'm not great at them. I really got into Injustice 2 a few years ago. Um, you're not huge in the fighting games though, right? Yeah, I'm not huge. I I like them. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely do not put in the time required in order to be able to call myself like good or proficient. Yeah. Um, but like I, I love that they're out there for, you know, the fans and for everything. You know, I think I'm probably uh yeah, definitely not an expert on it, but like I really love the look of the game. Like it looks oh so stunning. good, it, it looks is... so much fun, and the like the whole vibe like, of the game is great. The street, 100%. the street art, the hip hop, everything. It looks awesome. Everything, and yeah, and like Street Fighter, I really love too, just because like from the very beginning of Street Fighter, you know, it's you know their roster, each character like matters to the origin of wherever they're from. You know, like they're a representation of like that country or their people or you know the culture of it so uh, it and you know it reflects in like the gameplay or their dialogue their costumes things like that uh so like i always love seeing the the unveilings for any of those characters mm -hmm. um and yeah it just it looks like a fun time it, it looks like uh i'll probably see about dipping my toes into it just because like i really enjoy the the overall aesthetics of it and you know, I, I was more of a uh, of a Smash player yeah. than I was like a Street Fighter or like a, a Mortal Kombatter. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is this looks cool. This looks awesome. I will say, out of the state of play, honestly, I, I was actually a little surprised that they showed as much about the VR as they did. Yeah, even well, though it just like came out. Well, at PSVR two never had its own dedicated state of play or anything, so yeah. I I thought it was weird they didn't do that before launch, and I guess this was their way to say, hey, it's out now. Here are five more games coming soon because the launch lineup sucks. Um, yeah. But it, 
none, none of those games they showed excited me at all for VR. I think that was kind of the general response of the community. Everyone's wondering where things like Half-Life Alex are. On Steam. Yeah, which, I mean, okay. I think if PSVR 2 were to get Half-Life Alex, I think they would sell a lot more units and actually have some That'd good buzz game. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, that's probably one of the biggest problems with VR is that the VR tech is still just so new. Like, we cannot put up console barriers mm-hmm. for VR. Like, just all VR games need to be on all VR platforms yep. because, like, it's just so small and niche already. You can't divide the population even more. That exactly. is that 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 just feels like all of the little VR companies are just like shooting themselves in the foot with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you think about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League uh, from Rocksteady? Uh, for those who don't know, they are the are the creators of the Batman Arkham games, some of the most beloved uh, video games of all time, especially Asylum and City, who are highly regarded games. I love the entire trilogy. Specifically, I love Arkham Asylum a lot. Yeah. Asylum was really good. I enjoy the Arkham trilogy as well. I mean, I hope that it's good. <laughs> and like, obviously, like, you know, the trailer, it's very action-packed. But, like, just watching the gameplay and, you know, like, how they're kind of doing things with some of these characters, I just, I, I maybe it's just because I, I was still, like, not feeling well when I watched it. It's not. I just, I just did not care. No, you're you're in the right headspace. It's not the sickness taking over. I and it's and I it's don't, sad. Yeah, it's, it's I don't understand how you take Rocksteady making the Arkham games and then letting them seemingly figure out what they want to do next. You know, there was rumors of other Batman games. Suicide Squad game had been rumored for years before, you know, they were announced it. But to make it like almost like a live service online co-op shooter. Where where did those lines come together? Like King Shark with a gun. I, I don't understand yeah. what they're going for. It it just it, it doesn't seem like it was well baked. Um, having you know Deadshot as a shooter, sure, why not? Boomerang with his boomerangs and some fist action, cool. Um, but it seems like they all just got these weird power ups so they could compete with the Justice League. Because in no world are these guys taking down the Justice League. Period. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> so. And it's, and you know, I, I think from like a, a game balancing perspective, a part of it is like, it's like, okay, well, we want the characters to like, you know, feel different from each other, but ultimately they have to be able to like do the same thing, right? So they have to have similar skill sets. That's why like yep. everyone, including a a, a, a walking fish shark <laughs> god has a, like a machine gun, right? Like And can fly. How, and can fly for some reason for movement uh traversal purposes um yeah it i just uh do you know what game it reminds me of uh, and this is a weird pull because it's not even like a recent game but sunset overdrive uh one of those early xbox mm-hmm. one titles from insomniac mm-hmm. with all the jumping like around and shooting yeah like great game this doesn't seem like a game that should be coming out in 2023. Like, yeah, especially with I, the gear system and the online nature of it. Like, who's going to be playing this a month after launch, wanting more content? Yeah, this is this is this is tough for me. And you know, this is coming from someone that plays Destiny, which is yep. you know a live service, like online season pass game. Um, this is 
you know, obviously we'll reserve judgment until we actually like get the game or at yeah. the very least we get some reviews, but yeah. you know, just like gut reaction, this ain't it. And that, that hurts me because, yeah. uh, you know, I saw some, some, uh, thoughts kind of like echoing my own on the internet whenever this was unveiled. Uh, you, you know, you want to talk about a monkey paw of a wish you get a rock steady game in metropolis with brainiac and you're playing as the suicide squad like just mm-hmm. oh that hurts me you know and, and it's yeah. it's it, it, it i think this is a victim of a, a game studio trying to follow trends yep. just because in 2017 you know what was the big hot thing live service games mm-hmm. what have we see what have we seen since then die by the dozen just yeah. right out of the starting gate just put down like a lame horse games as a service yeah you they're, know, it's, they're not it, built to last that's unfortunate yeah yeah it's it like you can have there you can only ever have a few games at a time be tr- like games as a service and thrive because they live and die by the population you have to keep your player base engaged and keep coming back um i also saw that it was officially like on their web page that like even if you're just playing solo by yourself, no one else, you have to be connected to the internet at all times. So disappointing. It's, it's yeah. just, that's black these are just back. These are backwards decisions to me. It is 2023. We just had Gotham Knights come out. <laughs> you no, know, you know what's I think would be better? Um, and it's a very similar story, but just swap things around a little bit. I wish Rocksteady was making Gotham Knights and... Um, WB Montreal made Suicide Squad because I think giving Rocksteady back the characters they already worked with in the Arkham games, making that more of a story-driven co-op game, maybe not online, because Gotham Knights wasn't an online-only game. You could play it by yourself offline. Yeah, I wish the roles were reversed because I think we would have gotten two different games that were probably better in their own regards. Definitely. But how much of that do you think would have been Rocksteady like maybe wanting to separate themselves like they had worked with Batman for so long. Yep. Maybe they wanted to like branch out at least a little bit and yeah. explore like other characters. I'm like, sure that's why it happened. Yeah. Things that we'll never know. And, and this is, this is really one of those things. I feel like it's almost a parable for, for game studios of like, Hey, maybe don't like just chase after whatever trend you're seeing right now, because games take a super long time to like make and get yeah. right. So like, by the time you can release something, you like, is it really like, do you foresee this trend that is happening right now still being popular then? Because like, dude, if I had a nickel for every time, like we get like, is this the new destiny killer? Like, and then they just die. They just, they don't last, yep. you know? And like here, destiny is like for all of the complaints that I have, which are numerous about destiny, it's still thriving. And, like, all of their competitors, like, Anthem and all of these different things, like, they just, they don't. Yeah, for sure. So, last bit of news to round off the week. It's a, it's a quick one. Um, the Dice Awards were last night. I know you said you were watching a little bit of it. Um, the the big thing I just wanted to throw out, just because Dice is unique because it's the only award show in the games industry voted by the game devs. So, it's not fan voted at all. It's people who make games voting on games that they loved. God of War cleaned up and won the most overall awards with seven awards taken home for God of War Ragnarok, which not shocking. 
yeah, fantastic game. I'm still playing through it, still loving it. Um, but Elden Ring did win Game of the Year, which again, I think that's very well deserved. In, in a year that God of War Ragnarok came out and somehow there was a game better, uh, it has to be Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you imagine the parallel universe where vampire survivors beat Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok? You know, there was a, sh- a chance. I mean, think about like Untitled Goose Game from a few years ago. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, but that re- really goes to show though, like, you know, like what what people like us or what fans would vote on for specific categories um you know if if you actually work behind the curtain on these games how different they can see things or like see a technical achievement that you know like we as plebs just Hmm. don't you know like we're not aware of like for untitled goose game to have like gotten the accolades that it was it's like clearly there was something there that the devs saw and was like dude this is genius yeah and, 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 you know, to see Elden Ring win Game of the Year here as well, you know, that's just like, yeah, I guess, I guess they can make video games, you know, like everyone <laughs> just seems to, to love these from software guys. I'm shocked that it's not a series that you're into, you know, like you being the Monster Hunter fan you are, being the fantasy fan, fan you are, you know. Yeah, you know, I want to jump in. I really do. Um, but it's kind of like that Chris Pratt meme at this point where it's like, it's been so long and I haven't jumped in yet that now I'm kind of afraid to jump in. Elden, <laughs> Elden Ring. We will. Yeah. Elden Ring is a great starting point because of being open world. You can yeah. run away from bosses. You don't have to get stuck at one certain boss. Uh, my favorite of the series is Bloodborne. I didn't really like Elden Ring. I, I played it for about 20 hours on PS5 when it came out and, uh, then I upgraded my PC and I'm like, Hey, I'll play it on PC where it has better frame rates and stuff. And uh, I, I have it on PC. I've just never gotten back around to playing it, but uh, mm-hmm. I actually booted it up yesterday um, because I have a 34 inch monitor now. So I was like, Oh cool. I'm going to try eldering out with ultra wide. Nope. No support, which is a shame. So very sad, but uh, that's really all the news uh, that we had for the week. Unless if there's anything else that you wanted to add, I don't, think so you know a couple bullet points ago i did think of one and now it's just gone so i'll 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 throw it up there if i if i think of it as we go but it's probably just lost to the void (laughs) we'll see fair enough fair enough all right so moving on then to our main topic of the show um ant-man and the wasp quantum mania i saw it before jack last week he ended up seeing it right after the podcast so this will be our our thoughts our review spoiler free at first and then going into spoilers um after a few minutes of talking but we will specify when spoilers start in case if you haven't seen the movie but i haven't talked to you about this all week long i'm kind of dying to know what you thought about the movie it was good (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and you know i think i think that you know kind of like what we were talking about before with um lord of the rings of like you know, you always have to top yourself and, yep. you know, they're going the way of like, just like all special effects. And it's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I think definitely is a big victim of all of those talking points. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I have no problems with, um, you know, the, the acting in the movie. I think that everyone did really well with the roles that they were given. Um, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror was awesome. I liked seeing him. Uh, I'm very excited to see more of Jonathan Majors, you know, going forward in into 
uh, this. Obviously, you know, that's not like really a spoiler. Like we know that the next Avengers movie is the Kang Dynasty. Yep. Um, and we know also um, just from the ending of season one of Loki, whenever they killed, um, what was his name? He Who Remains? Yes. And like they came back and there was then a statue of, mm. you know, one of the versions or variants at the TVA. So it's like, we know that Jonathan Majors has at least a little bit of staying power. He's going to be here for a, a minute at least. Um, very excited to see what they do. Kind of reminds me of um, Harrison Wells in the CW's Flash. Like, mm -hmm. seems like just like every other season, it's like, all right, now you get to play this version of the character, which I feel like would be great from an acting perspective, you know, getting yeah. to stretch the stretch the the muscles. But um yeah, there, there. I, I did have some problems with the movie. For one thing, um, I, I, I don't know why it was called Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. I feel like the Wasp was barely in it. Yeah, she was. Uh, her suit though looked great. Oh, sick! Super sick! All of the suits look sick. No problems there. Like wardrobe did their thing, and they, yeah. they busted out. But yeah, it, it, there are certain things, and like even certain characters that I feel like we're going to be like more impactful or like matter more. And then they just like, didn't. Yeah. Um, there were a lack of characters that are just so synonymous with the Ant-Man franchise that were just not present at all in yep. like any capacity. And it's, uh, I, I will give them credit. It didn't, the movie itself did not follow the plot line, like the major plot line that I thought they were going to in the sense of like, the exact like motivation or payoff that they yeah. were going towards, uh, which I'm I'm thankful for because I think you know like one of my biggest problems with like the multiverse of madness was like the motivation <laughs> of Wanda. It just seemed to kind of come out of nowhere for yeah. her to just change on a dime, right? Um, you know that's they, that they was try yeah they try to explain that better. You know, WandaVision was a must watch for Doctor Strange, which most people didn't do because it's Disney Plus. And the fact that with the end of WandaVision, she at least had the dark hold. So you can at least make that assumption in your mind. Oh, she is like this because the dark hold has corrupted her. Yeah. This, this movie was, didn't have that. Yeah. And, the, you know, that was even my argument back then. It's like, okay, well, we saw her with the dark hold. So, like, obviously that's how they led, led us up to there. But they didn't show us that. We had to make that leap yep. in logic and we had to sign up for it. We had to buy in that like one of the most powerful Avengers that we've had to date just fell to temptation after reading a book. And it's like, all right, now she's the devil and we hate her. <laughs> and like that, that was, that's a big leap to ask of your audience that you've conditioned and trained to see all of these movies over the past, like 13 years or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this one, this one definitely also had some, some issues. Um, I definitely, I realize I sound very down. There were a lot of things that I think were done very well in this movie. Um, I, you know, again, uh, the acting itself, I think was top tier from mm -hmm. everyone. Um, I really liked some of the characters that they like introduced, albeit they were like, they were not in it for very long. And like some of the, the action with like Ant-Man and like the other like shrinking growing heroes, that's always fun to watch, you know, yeah. just like sort of like the, the technicality that goes into like those like fight choreographies of like, what would it be like if you could just like 
shrink down but like keep your mass or like however it is they describe it and like it makes for very interesting fights um so that was always a pleasure to watch as well. see i actually that was one of my cons of the movie is i felt like the fight choreography with the shrinking and growing compared to the previous two movies was lacking i i didn't feel like it was very innovative i thought specifically the first ant-man movie i thought did it the best but even you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp um, had some really good Wasp fight scenes. Not so much yeah. Ant-Man fight scenes, but the way they like used the Wasp scene. And yeah, the, like the the fight scene where they like tag teamed against Ghost. I really liked that as well in the second. Even even the opening fight scene from Ant-Man and the Wasp with her and then that restaurant with a guy. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name with the Southern accent. But, so uh, yeah, yeah, he, which was a shame to use that actor for that small of a role. Such a uh, good actor, right? Um, I just felt like the movie. It, it didn't waste any time getting started, which I appreciated because mm -hmm. there was a lot of ground to cover from the story they laid out. Um, I, I feel like the, uh, was it the, not the void, uh, the technology they use for like the Mandalorian, there's a, a, a term that they're using now, the volume, that, that's the, the technology that Marvel uses now to shoot these movies. Essentially, they're in this huge stage room with a bunch of screens around them. So the actors are actually seeing what we are seeing essentially so they can act better. I, I don't, I don't, that. yeah, it's, it's an interesting piece of tech that they use it for Thor, Love and Thunder also. So the movies are now using it, but I feel like it was just too much. I, I didn't feel like they were actually there and there was no grounding scene to bring that in. At least the other Ant-Man movies had that, the San Francisco ties to everything. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to end, end the discussion here so we can move on to spoilers a little bit? Yeah. I, th I think this is a good point to end it off. Um, just like, I guess, like very last thing before we jump into spoilers. Obviously, like, it, you know, if you haven't seen this movie yet, but like you're you're dialed into the MCU, you, you still owe it to yourself to see this movie. It's still, you know, it, it's like, like I said, it's still good. And, you know, it's going to set up for like some stuff to come. And uh, there are two end credit scenes. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a must-watch for movie, the, the Marvel Universe moving forward. It's a very important movie for Kang alone. Um, yeah. I, I, I had said last week my review was a 7 out of 10. I do stand by that now, a week removed. Uh, where's your head at for a review? If you had, a, if you had a, a, put a number to it. Yeah, I I probably fall around there as well. Like I I personally, you know, and this is this is ironic because uh when we had talked off screen about it, you know, I like just like the the singular hard digit numbers. I don't like 8.97 or like 6.5 or whatever, but like this is like the most like 6.5 movie right? to me, but you know, going by my own <laughs> words, you know, I I I and I'll admit to it, you know, I would give it a 7. Okay. Um, yeah. And for me, a seven means good. Yeah. Um, me too. It was a it was a good movie. It wasn't like a great eight. It wasn't an amazing nine, and it wasn't a masterpiece ten. It's kind of like my scale, and like a five would be just like average, you know, like yeah. a five. Yeah. And then like a six is like okay. So yeah. I, for me, yeah. it was just. Yeah, I, I would fully agree with that. Like, I think if we had you know the twenty point scale where we could go in between numbers. I would probably lean closer to that 6.5. I still had a good time watching it. Paul Rudd yeah. is infectious. Jonathan Majors crushed it. So um, I, I really actually, um, before we move on to spoilers, I did really enjoy um, Hope, or sorry, Jana Van Dyne in this movie. She had a lot more screen time. I thought her character was actually interesting to watch. So um, I think that's a perfect point to jump forward into spoilers, though. So if you have not seen the movie yet, uh, please 
jump ahead. There will be timestamps in the podcast uh, description. So that way, if you want to hear our ending thoughts for the week. But yeah, uh, moving on to spoilers. Hit your last warning. Uh, so Janet is the reason for Kang, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, she she really uh, I mean, like, I don't blame her, you know, like, you know, watching the movie and it's like, oh, yeah, no, you can't let this guy escape. He's he's like a genocidal maniac. You got to stop him. But that that being said, with her getting out, that was her beacon to let Kang out, essentially. So, again, it's Janet's fault. Yeah, uh, honestly, uh, I've got a lot of criticism with this movie, and uh, I, yeah, I feel like it's it, we're gonna sound like we're more down on it than we are, mm-hmm. but I, I I think it really just falls victim to like like with what you were saying earlier, like the, it was basically a green screen the yeah. entire movie as soon as they got sucked down. Now the and, first the first ten minutes though were great when I mean, they were in the yeah. real world and like oh, there was the Bastille Robin stuff like so good. Oh, it was off to such a great start. I'm like, oh man, these reviewers are so wrong this would be fantastic yeah. and then, and then Cassie the comes in oh cat they they literally the MacGuffin of this movie to get them to quantum realm was them saying don't do it okay i'm going to unplug it uh-oh we're getting sucked in like it was, it was so like it reminded me of like honey <laughs> it you know what it reminded me of in the worst way possible was honey i shrunk the kids yeah it yeah. just i get that yeah it just yeah, it, 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 i don't know yeah, you know, they, they wanted to get us there as quick as they could to, they did. like, advance the plot. So, like, I'll I'll give them a pass for it, even though it definitely, it, it was definitely pretty, like, kind of cheesy and hard to, like, you have to suspend your, like, disbelief for it. Obviously, like, you have to suspend your disbelief for pretty much the entirety of this movie. Like, you're, they're, they're going to, it's essentially Marvel, but, like, Star Wars yes, the movie. <laughs> So then I had a, a really big uh, plot issue right away, jumping into mm-hmm. the quantum realm. So they get sucked in with no suits on, right? Yeah. Shouldn't they have been dead? It should have definitely messed with their brain chemicals or whatever that they yeah. talked about in the first movie. I just don't understand the the logic there. Didn't really carry through very well. Um, you know, some Pretty special effects. They could breathe down there. Yeah, right? And while they're multi-dimension traveling, you know, yeah. shrinking rapidly. Pretty handy that there's just like oxygen and, and it's like the same composition as the air that we breathe. That's they, yeah. they got lucky. So um what did you think about the new characters that we were introduced to with the uh with the weird blood that they had to, they had to drink, the the with the change of language, yeah, the ooze, yeah. With the, I did little... like I I enjoyed the ooze and like like that group of mm-hmm. characters. This this movie just it verbally assaults you with jokes at every turn. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, some of them land, some of them don't. I, I would say that most of them involving like those people, like that first group with the ooze, I would say that most of their jokes landed for me. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that. That was like a fun thing. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed like that aspect of it. There are other characters that I definitely didn't like as much. So we spoke earlier about Marvel wasting actors on certain characters, and they did that in this movie, I think. Um, so Chidi from The Good Place, I forget the actor's name, yeah. great, a great actor. They they threw him in that here. Too. And too. there were rumors, you know, before this movie came out that he was in this movie. There were, there was that rumor, which checked out. But people thought he was going to be Reed Richards. Mm, and you know, that would have looked good. Right? And they, they oh. and like... He was funny, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed his performance, but he could do so much more for the MCU than that. 
Oh, mm-hmm. such wasted potential. Yeah, it, uh, the actor's name is William Jackson Harper. Yep, so good. Oh. He, he's he's a great actor. He is. He is. And yeah, I loved. Uh, yeah, I loved him in the Good Place. I was tickled to see him in this, and yeah, it just wasted. I feel like again, like I liked his character. Um, I feel like they could have done a lot more with him, even yeah. though they like they like kind of brought it back towards like the end of it to be like, no, here's the pin code or whatever that we need to like get a move on. Uh, I, I loved his take on mind reading, right? Like, oh, that's oh, so yeah. awesome. No, no, it's all it's, it's terrible. No, it people, are, people are discussing. Yeah, it's literally the worst power you could ever have ever. <laughs> Don't ever wish for it. And yeah, I like that. I like that like more realistic take on it. It's like, yeah, dude, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, Bill Murray, though, right? Uh, he was confirmed to be in the movie beforehand. That wasn't a surprise, but I felt his character didn't hit. I thought it was just kind of awkward. Uh, him and Janet together had very awkward dialogue and a dynamic there. Uh, I did not like that at all. This felt phoned in for me. Yeah. <laughs> like well, for Bill Murray, you know, like. Well, yeah. The whole I have needs thing too from Janet, like yeah, it, it just it didn't it didn't land for me. It didn't stick, you know. It, the the I have needs thing I felt would have been a more compelling plot point if it had been with Kang. Which there have been a lot of speculation that there is something there. Uh, the director yeah. was actually quoted today. I saw an article on IGN talking about it. He's like, oh, I'm not going to confirm anything, but hey, I'll say they were close. They were together a long time. So, like, what are the chances, you know, that her and Kang have a baby somewhere in the quantum realm? Just say it. More than zero, <laughs> less than, like, 10% to me. Yeah, I, I hope they don't go that route, but they definitely, like, could. And we'll see what happens, but... Kang Jr. Oh, man, that'd be awful. <laughs> That would be terrible. Uh, what did you think of Cassie overall, the the new actress playing her? Um, I don't have any uh, problems with the actress. I liked her performance overall. I think some of the writing is what I more so have yeah. issue with. But her her acting and like her portrayal, I didn't have any problems with. I liked her. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I don't know what it is about her, but like maybe she like reminds me of of someone or something. But I actually really like this person for for Cassie. I think she's cool as stature. Yeah, she she did a good job. Um, I'm I was a little confused, you know, why they didn't keep Cassie from Endgame. You know, they they recast Cassie for an older actress for that, and it didn't use her. And that that scene in Endgame with Cassie and uh, Scott is like one of the most powerful scenes in the entire movie. So she maybe she's not a great like full co- action comedy actor, and maybe that's why they didn't do that. But I thought she was good. They're clearly building her for more as the as the franchise moves forward. Um, yeah. Before we talk spoilers on Kang, the elephant in the room for the movie, Modok. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, this really harkens back to talking about how like you need to use practical effects more. Yeah, oh. this he looked bad. But I feel like he was supposed to, right? I think that's what they're like, going he's, for. He's supposed to look fugly, but he's not supposed to look like jarring me. <laughs> this is not real. There's a difference, you know? I would have preferred they kept that golden mask on him the entire time and just had Corey Stoll like do the voiceover work for him. Because it was every time we saw like the face inside of the suit, it jarringly took me out of it. It was it was bad. And I, like yeah. the problem was I actually enjoyed 
the Modoc character. Like I enjoyed his storyline, yeah. and I thought a lot of the jokes with him, like the banter between like him and uh, Hank or him mm-hmm. and Scott, I thought were really good. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And like even like the conversation with like him and uh, Cassie at the end, it was like. This feels like, yeah, like, I I get it. This guy is, like, broken inside. He doesn't know who he is or, like, mm-hmm. what he needs to be. And, like, she's just like, dude, just don't be a dick. Like, yeah. it's not <laughs> hard. And, like, I like, I enjoyed everything to do with the character. I just wish that I were blind for the movie so that I didn't have to see it. The only, the only time wow, I think... It was jarring. I, I'm glad they kept his face for a couple moments, right? Like, when he dies, you know. Yeah. At least, at least I died in Avenger. <laughs> just throw him, like and then like you can see Evangeline Lily look over at Paul Rudd and she's just like are we really going to enable this and Paul Rudd's just kind of like just let him have this he's literally tied yep. <laughs> yeah buddy you're an adventure and then like the small hand oh man <laughs> Yeah, again, I really liked what they did with him because, like, even in the comics, like, Modok is a joke. Yeah. He is a joke of a character. He is a meme. He is he is supposed to be this, like, super cool, like, powerful, like, killing machine. But he is he is an egg. He is a joke. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I actually really enjoyed that they did do that with his character. And they, they made him the butt of all of these jokes. That, that tracks. That was... Uh, that was actually really enjoyable for me. But, yeah, they... This is actually, I read an article uh, recently. Uh, this has now been corroborated a couple of times from different things. I've seen it like with uh, Deadline. I've seen IGN. I've seen multiple sources now. But they actually pulled a lot of the special effects team from this movie to work mm. on Wakanda Forever. Mm. Um, because they, obviously, they needed to nail Wakanda Forever um, with, you know, the first film's success, Chadwick's passing, all of these different things. And I still have some problems with some of the special effects oh, in yeah. Wakanda Forever. But, like, yeah, I can ending. understand that they had to divert. So, obviously, you know, like, a lot of a lot of my problems with this movie, you know, I feel like we've been talking about, like, the acting, the writing, the plot points and things like that. But a lot of my problems are with the effects, which I hate that it feels like I'm beating a dead horse. But, like, Hollywood has to learn yeah. that you cannot just film everything in front of a green screen and, like, it's just going to work. Like... They can't all be Avatar or yeah. The Way of Water. Like, they, they just can't. You have to put no. in the time. And in order to put in the time, you have to put in the money. You have to put into the Disney money yeah. in order to make it work. And they, have they, it. they clear, yeah, and they clearly just didn't here, you know? And yeah. that's that's not the fault of anyone that worked on the movie. That's the fault of a few people at the very top that are very greedy that did not want to shell out any more money because mm-hmm. they didn't want to hurt their bottom line. You know, they could have hired more people or they could have just delayed the movie and given them more time, but they didn't. They wanted to just get it out there and, you know, reviews and critically, you know, they're paying for it. We'll probably see them pay for it um, in terms of box office numbers just along the the. And, you know, like as we watch this movie go forward, and that's really sad. I, you know, uh, one of one of my friends, you know, has a lot of beefs with the Ant-Man franchise. Um, and this is this is a silver bullet in his mm-hmm. gun for ammunition, you know, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed Ant-Man 1 and 2. They were fun. They were comedy first. They were a good time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this one, I feel like it's it just doesn't stick to the trilogy landing for me. And that's that's yeah. really a bummer for me. 
You know, one thing this movie does, though, for me is makes me appreciate Ant-Man one more. I've always liked Ant-Man one the most. Mm. I just think it's a good mm. I think it's a good origin story. I, I love the cast of characters. And Corey Stoll, while being a good actor, you know, got the short end there with the script a little bit. But I didn't hate him. But now looking back, now that we see where he goes, it almost makes Ant-Man one even better because of yeah. that. So I. I don't know. Um, I did hear something this week related to this movie. People compared it to Star Wars. There are so many things Star Wars and Ant-Man, Quantumania have in common. You know, the, the, the rapid pace, just saying, throwing something out there that having it happen plot-wise, moving A to B, the, the green screen special effects. It's just the ending battle of this movie. It's a very Star Wars. Even, even, even um, uh, my wife brought this up. It, it wasn't like, I was like, like kind of like scratching at the point, but I couldn't quite articulate it. But my wife brought it up, like while we were driving home from it, Um, the, the, the very like stark similarities between Kang uh, and Vader. Oh yeah. Um, just in terms of like, you know, like he'll flick his wrist or something to like, mm. you know, like a force choke Cassie or whatever, like, and just like all of those things, like I can understand that you would like, you know, you'll pull inspiration from like these iconic things. Like, you know, you can only get so creative with certain things, but yeah, it just, it, it just all hit way too close to home for me of like, this is literally just Star Wars, but like, like kind of worse in terms yeah. of like green screen and effects, you know, that's sad. You know, that's, that hurts so, me. I think that's the perfect time to transition into Kang though. Uh, we haven't talked really about him in the spoiler section of this yet. Um, we've already talked about how good we thought Jonathan Majors was as Kang. But every scene he was in, he stole the show. All eyes were on him. He was so menacing. He just, he had this gravitas to him. And I, I think he nailed it. I think uh, the story they used to get him there was serviceable enough. Uh, you know, yeah, essentially. It was, it was a MacGuffin. Yeah, you had the other Kangs like, oh, he's too dangerous. We got to send him to an exiled place because we can't stop him. Okay, sure. And, ha and having Janet be the MacGuffin to kind of break him free of all that was weird. Um, what did you think about that scene with the, with the quantum storm or whatever, where Scott's multiplying and all that? Um, yeah, the CG again, just really took me out yeah. for, for a lot of it. Um, I will say he had no be, he had no business being there. But God damn it, if I wasn't happy to have seen Baskin Robbins. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> he, even had, he even had the name tag with like Jack, like his fake name, because uh, he had to lie in order to get the job at Baskin Robbins from the first movie. Same name tag. Like, I didn't even ever catch that. I didn't yeah, ever and, realize that. Yeah, and like as we see it, and it's just so jarring, everyone in the theater is like, they, why is Baskin <laughs> Robbins Scott here? And then as they move on and like the camera shifts, you hear a single Scott in the background say, hey, does he have ice cream? <laughs> and like, like, again, for me, that was a joke that landed. Yeah. Like that one that one was like truly Ant-Man to me, just like in the overall like flavor of it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the, the whole possible, anytime you have like, a, like what do they call it? Like a, a probability storm or a plausibility storm? So, something, something like that, that. yeah. So I, I personally like be like very logic driven. I get very worried whenever we see anything like that happen because you don't know if like the one that you come away with is the one that came out like that started you know like there there's a book that i read we're gonna go on a very slight tangent but i promise <laughs> um there is a a book called dark matter by i want to say blake crouch 
uh, Dark Matter, Bla yeah, by Blake Crouch. A really good movie, um, and, you know, it kind of delves into, like, parallel um, realities and, like, parallel versions of yourself. And, like, man, I read that book probably four or five years ago. It still keeps me up sometimes <laughs> just thinking of how, like, it the ramifications and, like, it just noodles. And, like, there is a little bit of that there for me, too. Like, it seems like they kind of explained it away of, like, okay, yeah, we got the original Scott and um, Hope back. But, like, I'm always just a little bit worried whenever I'm watching and it's like, it might not be the same one. And it's like, it's like the the worry that you have anytime someone can, like, teleport for a power or a technology. is like, is it them or is it, like, a version that was just created after the original version died of getting teleported? Right. So it's, it's like, it's, it's dicey, but like, you know, whatever. And like, it you know, I, I can understand them wanting to like have that big, cool moment with it, you know, of like, look at this technical achievement of like having all of these Ant-Mans. But <laughs> like, for me, it, it, it just didn't land. Like, I feel like they were probably hoping it to just because it, the, the special effects for it were just not as believable to watch. No, nor was the idea of what they were doing, right? Like. Oh, yeah. Janet solved the problem by blowing it up. So Scott's going to shrink it. But only Scott can do it, not Kang, who has all this technology. Somehow Kang isn't smart enough to make a particle to shrink someone. And Dude, for Hank, Hank, true to his word, he took the secret to pit particles to his grave. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I will say I enjoyed Hank in this movie more. I think... Michael Douglas yeah, was was funny. Uh, I think the amp plot line was stupid, but it was funny. Incredibly. Yeah, yeah. But like when they show up at the end, like, oh, yeah, they've aged thousands of years. They're so smart now. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. That's a good Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, it's no Andy Cortez, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for me, I, I, I was honestly expecting... Um, something along the, I, I'm surprised they didn't do this. Maybe it'll be a deleted scene whenever, um, the ants are like all attacking Kang or whatever, or like, no, it was like, he had him on the ropes and he was like, it's like, you control ants and you think you can stop me. And then like the swarm of ants, like <laughs> just like starts beating him down and Michael Douglas walks up. I am shocked that they did not have Michael Douglas say something along the lines of like, and what's wrong with talking to ants or something like that, you know, like just mm. shocking that he just kind of like stood there silently for that. Like that would have been the moment for like a quippy one liner delivery. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised they missed that opportunity. Yeah, it was, They've they've treated the Hank character very weird throughout this trilogy. Um, it's been very hit or miss, and seeming like they didn't know what to do with him at most points. But I enjoyed what they did with him in this movie for the most part. Uh, Jada Van Dyne overall was hit or miss depending on on the scene. I think some of her scenes were really great. I thought the stuff that she had with Kang was actually really enjoyable to watch in their backstory. Um, but like. Doesn't she have powers? I'm confused, right? Like she has like this quantum energy stuff, like she did in the last maybe, movie. Where maybe that now she lost it when she got snapped? Maybe I don't. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. A lot of question marks up in the air. Um, Kang suit, the, the the way he designed the suit, the blue shield around him, everything that was Kang in this movie was great. Aside the ending, I felt like um, I get what they were going for. You know, they stripped away his tech. He's just a very strong man. So Scott being able to fight him technically on paper makes sense. And like Scott said, I don't have to win. You just have to lose. I like yeah. that angle. Um, my biggest issue is when Kang 
quote unquote dies, which I don't know for sure if that Kang is dead or if he just got transported somewhere else, to be honest. Who knows? Yeah, we'll well, have to see for that. That's a, that's a yeah. tough one. The, my biggest issue with this entire movie is right after, right? The portal closes. Scott and Hope are stuck in the quantum realm. Oh, just kidding. 20 seconds later, Cassie figured it out. No big deal. Yeah, yeah no stakes. Like, it couldn't have been like a year. Like give give us some time or three months even like the the it was like literally a minute later and that really bothered me. Um, I don't I don't know like they the the plot was so thin on getting in and out of the quantum realm. It was all about Kang, and I feel like the plot suffered because of it. Yeah, hundred percent. I I would agree with you on that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I feel like because of that, like it was just instant. Like, hey, don't worry, you're back. And that just felt like it's like so. They're like the the sacrifice, you know, essentially wasn't there. You know, like they they chose to willingly make that sacrifice in order to stop Kang. And like we don't see that payoff. Like, yeah. Hit, well, know? we talked about that last week. You predicted that like Hank was going to or janet was going to make a sacrifice there was nothing this movie had nothing. no no one died period even kang essentially didn't die because there's more kings you made yeah, a comment a billion of them you made a Mordok comment last died. week yeah modok did die actually uh I'm sad I'm now, he was like <laughs> he was one of my favorite parts <laughs> now you said last even, week even you, as ugly as he was <laughs> he was very ugly um you made the comment last week saying you're gonna be very upset if they defeated kang or killed kang um in context with this movie, do you stand by that? Has your mind changed at all? Um, I'm sad that they dealt with, seemingly dealt with this version of Kang. Um, just because I feel like this version of Kang is like the strong, like this is, this one is like Kang variant, colon, the conqueror. Yeah. So the, the, it's, it, it is sad that that's the one that like seemingly got like nuked away into oblivion or something. I think we'll you see know? him again. I hope so. Uh, because yeah, like y y you want to talk about like, just like that, the first time we really see him interact with <laughs> and how he's like, have I killed you before? And it's like, okay, this is kind of weird and creepy. And it's like, how, like, and it's like, you just kind of get that sense. Like. This guy has been slaughtering Avengers so much mm -hmm. that he can't even keep track of, like, which universe any given Avenger is from and if he's, like, killed them or not yet, you know? Like, and it's, like, of, like, really putting it together. Like, it's, like, are you the one with the hammer? Uh, Like, you know, insinuating it's, like, oh, I've killed Thor. Like, Thor was not an mm -hmm. issue. And it's like, bro, Thor's a god. He's bulletproof. I would have loved to see that, though. Like, if they could have done a yeah. quick, like, 15-second cameo of a couple Avengers and him just murdering them, I think that would have give, given Kang such a bigger threat level for the overall MCU. Yeah, and, you know, you know, we'll see what happens going forward with um, Kang Dynasty, you know? So, like, I feel like that's just going to be hella Kangs. Yeah. Just the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, it, it's uh, another criticism that I have, you know, just with it being like in this quantum realm where everything is like very abstract for a lot of the set pieces. Um, sometimes it was kind of hard to keep track of like when they were small versus when they were big oh, yeah. and like normal size. So it's like whenever Cassie and Scott like reunited and like they were hugging and it's like, oh, they're big right now. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're giant. But like, it's kind of hard to tell that because like 
there's nothing that like we see to scale with them that is just like an immediate thing you know like the building doesn't look like a building the sky doesn't look like the sky like there aren't any trees or like so th that's one thing that i think was really working against it the entire time of the movie of like we don't have like a realistic set piece so that we can like always tell like whenever they're shrinking like in the first movie with the the thomas the tank engine in the second movie with like the the salt shaker and like the kitchen and everything like they were able to utilize those just like you know seemingly common everyday items by like you know having them be really big or be really small in comparison to them that it, it made some really cool and unique like sequences that i felt like was just like a little bit harder to follow with this movie because we didn't have something like so easily available to scale it to you know yeah you would have, if you would have told me this is a, a different director i wouldn't have been surprised yeah 100 percent. i'm sh i'm surprised that this is the same guy that directed the first two yeah, that's that's kind of wild to me that Peyton Reed did this one. Yeah, I know. With the first movie too, originally being Edgar Wright, and Edgar Wright's DNA is all over that movie still. You know, I was worried that Ant Man the Wasp originally wouldn't deliver as well, but it did. It, it kept that same vibe going. This movie didn't have that at all, so it it, it was a bit of a shame. Um, any last thoughts before we move on to the post credit scenes? I really miss Louise, man. Very much so. Uh, all three of them were missed greatly. I like I, I made the comment last week saying an extra ten or fifteen minutes in the beginning of that movie would have done this movie so much good. I and you know like I feel like I feel like uh, we've just kind of gotten to the point now where like I feel like they could really start utilizing characters in like different ways. Like because like there's been what like forty properties at this point in the MCU that are yep. like all canon, and it's like dude, just like have um ha have uh Pena come in and just like in the Louise one like get everyone back <laughs> get Chris Evans get Robert Downey Jr get everyone back just every now and again for like a recap you know like here's phase one as told it's by so Louise and it's just gonna go through all of the characters and face that way you know people can have like a a, a catching up point that is like fun and entertaining and I like love that pretty easy to follow you know like that would be amazing like if if that's how we got like chris evans and robert downey jr back of them just like lip syncing to louise just be like yo <laughs> like i know this guy right and like that would be hilarious to me that would be perfect and that would that would honestly be really the only way that i would ever want to see those actors come back and this goes for any of the actors that like an actor has been killed off or you know like or not the actor but the character you know a character's been killed on mm. or sunset or whatever like bring him back as that character but it's only for the purpose of like a retelling with louise i think would be perfect it'd be great i think unfortunately we'll probably see them again in like secret wars like as a variance or something but mm. jonathan majors was quoted this past week or so saying that he wants to fight against uh, robert downey jr's iron man at one point so obviously yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, the last thing I wanted to say is um, I know I pre-ordered the book um, from... So in this movie, uh, Scott, yeah. Scott wrote a book, and uh, it's available to pre-order. It ships in September. Uh, I believe you pre-ordered it also, right? I, I did, yeah. Whenever I saw that it was real and not a meme, yeah. I had to. Yeah, it's it's going on my shelf. It's going to be a display piece. It's going to be great. I can't wait to read that. I, I really hope it's just scott's interpretation of endgame like that's all i really wanted to be so be hilarious I, yeah i don't know what this book is gonna be but i'm here for it yeah they better get paul rudd to 
like narrate the audiobook version oh, yeah. of this as well, like in the car scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait. So post credit scenes, uh, we got, you know, the middle one, and then we got one at the end, which is more of a tease for what's to come in with Loki. But the main one with all of the Kangs, you see the Council of Kang, uh, including uh, a small reference, and I don't even know if you caught this, um, Aramatut. Um, yeah, from from Bruce Moon Knight. of Kang. Yeah, and so in Moon Knight that happened last year with Oscar Isaac, there were Kang references to Arama Tut in that show. Like, so, like, uh, like there was a jacket someone was wearing. So they were already teasing Kang back then. That was a cool little mm-hmm. small Easter egg to pay off there. Didn't expect that. Really liked it. Um, I, I liked the main Kangs. Where it lost me with the special effects was the crowd of Kangs. Yeah, like that was just 100%. a bit too much, but. Um, what did you think of that? I, is that a cool direction for the next uh, movie? I think it was kind of obvious, but... Yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see what happens with the Council of Kang. Um, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's it's just always so hit and miss. You know, we can speculate till we're blue in the face, but, like, ultimately it just comes down to, like, what they do with it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that they tapped... I, I'm not sure if this was like an announcement or, or if it's still good, but I'm pretty sure Dustin Daniel Cretton is still like the person that is like tapped to direct um, Avengers uh, Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he directed Shang-Chi, so like it's in good hands, you know? Mm-hmm. So like you just gotta... You gotta hope that they, they stick the landing with it, you know, and that Shang-Chi wasn't just a one-off because that was probably my favorite movie out of Phase 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean... It's Even that better a, No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home is it's a special, special thing. I think yeah. as a movie, it's fine, but with what it accomplished with the past Spider-Man was awesome. Yeah, um, that was that was the study achievement for me. Yeah. Like just seeing that pay off, that was super sick to me. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's just for me it's fine. Yeah, again, you know, I think whenever they were just having like the one-offs, like one camera, two camera with like the the couple of kangs talking that was fine but then yeah as soon as they they like pan out to the wide shot where it's just a bunch of like copy pasted mm-hmm. like just having Jonathan Majors superimpose next to himself just infinite amount of times that's where it, like it, it just always loses me yeah it, it was it was rough um so the the second post credit scene or the true post credit scene i guess is uh seemingly a scene from season 2 of Loki uh, Loki yeah. and Mobius, which at this point Mobius seemed to know who Loki was again. Um, it, I don't know if he snaps Mobius out of it because at the end of season one, you know, Mobius as we knew him was gone because of the altered timeline, yeah. and he did not know who Loki was. So I wonder if we're going to get that version of Mobius back, like we'll like snap him out of it, or if he's just refreshed him at this point. You know, it we'll seems, see. It seems to me that it was like sort of like a refreshed thing, or like he's. Like, Loki is currently trying to refresh him and, like, yeah. trying to get him on board is kind of, like, how it felt to me. But, I, uh, yeah, very excited for season two of Loki. I'm glad that they're acknowledging it in the movie. Yeah. Um, the the lady that was actually sitting right next to me, like, not my wife, the, like, on the other side of me, um, she actually, whenever that sequence played out, like, I heard her gasp mm-hmm. just a little bit. And then whenever the lights came on, she looked over at like her partner, like, I don't know, boyfriend, husband, brother, friend, whatever, the person that she was there with. And it's like, that would make more s- I'm pretty sure it was probably like a romantic partner because her tone, whatever she said, that would have made like a lot more sense for you if you would watch Loki on Disney Plus with me. <laughs> so, That's funny. so like 
yeah and it's and it's like yeah that that's really that's kind of like the point that we've gotten to it's like dude you have to keep up with like all of these things yep. in order to like get the full scope of it which is cool but also it can be very daunting you know like, you know like at this point like i've basically given up trying to get anyone new into destiny because there's just no good way to get into it yep. and it's almost like that with marvel like obviously with marvel it's like okay yeah you literally just like like Google the list and start the movies one by one. Almost all of them are on Disney Plus, but that's that's a lot. And like a lot of people like don't have the ability to like sit still for long periods of time or pay attention to movies for long periods of time. You know, like you gotta make like two months out of it if you're gonna get caught up on this franchise at this like two months minimum. It, it's a journey. It, there, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to hop on. Um, yeah, you know and. I, I was of the camp when Endgame happened to take a break for a while. I thought mm-hmm. Endgame was such a special moment. Um, they could have just taken a few years off, let the natural time skip from Endgame happen in real life, give us a breather, let that superhero fatigue wear off, and then revitalize it. But they didn't do that. Instead, we're getting these, you know, not half-baked shows, but B-tier, C-tier, you know, roughly for most of them. Um, like Miss Marvel was pretty good. And that's going to be integral to see the Marvel's movie this year. Mm-hmm. So they are important. WandaVision was incredibly important to Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Loki is very important overall, seemingly, to the MCU. Um, my theater popped off pretty big when Loki popped up. Everyone was excited you know, to, hear, to see him. Um, I didn't expect that, to be honest. I did not expect to see a actual scene from Loki. I figured, if anything, we would see you know, a tease for like Fantastic Four or something like that. I think they're going to keep Fantastic Four super close to the vest. Yeah, just it seems until like... like until right before, like whatever the property is that is Marvel right before Fantastic Four, I think that's going to be the soonest that we see anything. Otherwise, like the only thing that we'll see will be like, if you freeze frame in this scene mm-hmm. of the movie, and you like magnify 200,000 times you can see on the side of this ship is a reference to the fantastic four like that's going to be that's going to be the only sort of like tie-in that we have before we get like an official like here's your first look like here's a cameo here's the tie-in you know and it's just like those those types of youtube channels shouldn't be a thing they're just clickbait i hate them but yeah we we uh, will never be that we will never no, be that guys no I, i'm only going off of like hard rumors that like come from relatively good sources um you know like i i predict like some of the rumor mongers that i follow um predicted the solo leveling anime well before it got announced but like they nailed the studio, the key people involved with it. And it's like, uh, yeah, th- those types of things. It's like, I take very seriously whenever I like, if I ever put my name to a rumor, like you can bet money that like, while the rumor may not pan out, I've at least done the research to say that this is a credible rumor. Yep. Obviously things change all the time. They can, there's so many different things that can happen both like on or off screen to change things up, you know, deals fall through all the time. They have to pivot, you know, they have to react to this movie. They, they could very well change the direction that they go with some of these characters or like with the franchises as a whole. So, you know, not everything will like definitely be like this thing. Like even we were talking earlier about like Steven Yun maybe being like, he might be Sentry, And it's like, yeah, you know, that's one day afterwards, mm-hmm. like the very initial, like early feelings, but like he could be anyone. 
So it's, yeah. uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's fun to talk about as long as you're doing it responsibly and you're not setting yourself up with just like super lofty expectations that just have no realistic way to be met. You yeah, know? we'll like, see. You made the comment about maybe the movie before Fantastic Four, we'll see something and that is Thunderbolts. So we'll, we'll, so we'll see, you know, you said Steven Yoon, maybe, you know, he is part of it, you know, we'll see. There's so many, there's so many routes they could go fantastic four i've been on the the bench or whatever for them doing more of a space-based fantastic four because mm-hmm. with guardians ending there we're not going to really have the cosmic side of the mcu around so i think that's a way to keep the cosmic stuff going we could finally see silver surfer you know build the galactus in a post kang world i think that to me makes the most sense i could see that my my take on it i think I want to say I saw a video years ago at this point by, I want to say it was on, on movie Bob's YouTube channel Mm -hmm. of all places that was talking about like, because of like, just like how dated the fantastic four series is like just the characters themselves. Um, if they went back and like, not quite like period pieced it, but like if they, you know, like they went up into space in like the sixties, they got irradiated or whatever. But let's say they went through like a wormhole or something or another and they popped out in modern days. So kind of like Captain America in that, like, they're people out of time. But Mm -hmm. I think that would probably give them their best shot at, like, making a lot of the storylines, like the interpersonal storylines between the individual members of the Fantastic Four of, like, making that work with each other. Because they're very old-fashioned and dated in most interpretations. Um, so like that would be kind of a way for them to do that. And, you know, I know we've seen it a million times, just like the fish out of water story, but like, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But like, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do with them. Uh, I think casting is going to be probably the most important thing for that movie. Uh, and then just whether or not they put it out to die, like every other fantastic four franchise has been. Yeah. Um, I know you, uh, you had said before, don't really want to speculate too much on casting because we have no idea. But I guess the, no. the one the one question I have for you is: Do you think John Krasinski stays as Reed, or do you think they recast? I think they recast. I think they got John Krasinski because he was like a fan favorite, and John Krasinski was just happened to be in the neighborhood, or was yeah. like, it's like, yeah, I'll come in for like literally like three scenes. This will be a fun thing, and mm-hmm. like Marvel pays really well. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if John Krasinski was cast as Mr. Fantastic going forward. Um, but I'm not in any way, shape or form going to be surprised whenever he is not cast yes. as him going, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. And like John Krasinski, he's busy, you know, he's filming mm-hmm. Jack Ryan on Amazon. He's doing quiet place movies with his wife, Emily Blunt. He's, he's a busy guy, you know? And so like, it's like, whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. Would it be cool to have him in there? Yeah. I mean, I'm an Office fan. I love John Krasinski. I also really like the Jack Ryan series. He's really, he's shown that he can be an action star. So it's like, obviously it'd be cool, but like whatever they're, whoever they're going to cast, they're going to cast. Well, I have a couple side bets going with people who listen to this podcast. So, you know, well, it's mainly just if Reed will be John Krasinski or not, um, a coworker of mine and my best friend or one of my best friends, I should say, is, uh, you know, up there uh, on Team John. Both of them are. And I, I have two separate bets saying that it's not going to be John. So if someone else gets cast, doesn't even matter who it is, I come out pretty good. 
you know, if if he is Mr. Fantastic, uh, I, my wife might be a little upset with me because I owe some people some money. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, that would be one. I'd be happy to be wrong. You yeah. know, like that, that would be cool. Because yeah. again, I like the guy. I think mm-hmm. he's a good actor. I think that'd be a cool role for him. But like, I just don't see it. But yeah. like, again, I'd love to be proven wrong. Prove me wrong, Marvel. Come yeah. on, Feige. Man up. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion with Ant-Man. Um, any final thoughts for the week before we wrap things up? I don't think so. You know, obviously, you know, I, I'm just I'm just trying to get better. Yeah. Just trying to, to not be sick and contagious and, you know, a little bit of prep for the, the Lightfall trailer, you know, Lightfall expansion that comes out on Tuesday now of this week of February. Yeah, we plan on talking about Destiny today, but um, the Ant-Man discussion ran a little long, so we'll probably hold off on that. Um, Lightfall for Destiny fans. If you if you know Destiny, you know Lightfall. There, there's no shock. Destiny fans are hardcore with the game. Uh, comes out Tuesday. Looks fantastic. I, I am looking forward to sinking some time into it when I have the free time. I know you'll be grinding hard the first week and, and past that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when I can play it. We, we're nearing the end of The Last of Us. We have three episodes left. This week is going to be the Left Behind story. I think uh, it should be very interesting to see what spin they take on that franchise or that, that little piece of the franchise. Definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. Those are the big ones. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Between the last of us destiny, that's, that's pretty much going to be my week right there. And like a couple of like miscellaneous anime that I follow, everyone should still check out blue lock. I, I do have one thing to correct myself from the last time. The Kaguya movie, it's after the events of season three, not season two. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, my, yeah, my wife and I, well, my wife and I, when we discovered the anime, there were, there was a season and a half out. Season two was still ongoing and we binged it. So it just mm-hmm. felt like one season. So that's, sense. that's why I got you just to like, I, I'm keeping myself honest, <laughs> keeping myself accountable because if I don't, who will? Right. And I don't want it to be the comment section because they are. They can be mean, and I don't want yeah. to be ridiculed. Otherwise, yeah, you know, I I think that just about wraps it up. You might actually find me on Twitch at Harper Jack Ryan. I might be streaming some Lightfall. Uh, we'll see. But if you want to watch, then you could go give me a follow. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, thank you for everyone who took the time to listen to this today, uh, and anyone who's come back to listen uh, from previous weeks. Uh, Again, very humbled by the ones who have been listening. The reviews we've gotten on our platforms have been very nice to see. Really appreciate all the feedback. Um, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. You know, check Jack out if he starts streaming. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> yeah.